millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Two real life ghost stories and I have four spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from June the 15th 2021 and story number one comes from Elizabeth. My grandmother grew up in an extremely small town outside of Napa Valley. There's an intersection, a fire station and her family's property and that's it. When I was about 13 my mom, myself and two of my cousins spent a few days there with my grandmother's brother and his family. We were all put up in his son's bungalow, which was this long one-storey building and looked like it had been built around 1902. The son's room was at one end and we were situated at the opposite end. Us kids were set up in the sunroom, which was really just a closed-off porch, while my mom got one of the bedrooms down the hall. Our first night there, my cousins and I decided to stay up late playing games. Everyone else had been asleep for ages and it was well after dark. We were all seated on the floor around a low table playing cards when we heard scratching from under the floor. It was situated in the top left corner of the room. We paused for a second and almost immediately went back to playing because we were in the country surrounded by so much nothing and figured it had been an animal. But the scratching continued and it was oddly repetitive not exactly what you'd think an animal randomly moving around or knowing would make. It would give three distinctive scratches and then it would stop for about six or seven seconds and repeat. I was starting to get a bit freaked out, but I was the eldest and felt it was my responsibility to look out for my younger cousins and make them feel safe. They looked nervous, but I made myself appear as calm as possible and tried to distract them by changing up the game we were playing but the scratching kept going, never moving from its spot, never changing its rhythm. My heart was racing and I started to feel genuinely scared. I could tell by my cousins' faces that they were really uncomfortable too. We stopped laughing and stopped playing and were just staring at the corner of the room where the scratching was coming from. Finally, I decided, fuck it, and I said, hey, do you guys want to get off the floor? they nodded immediately and practically flew up onto the only other piece of furniture in the room besides the little table. It was a sofa. We cowered onto the couch side by side with me in the middle and all faced out so we could keep an eye on the corner. I tried to keep the card game going, desperately attempting to take our minds off it, but it's a bit hard to play cards lined up on a sofa. None of us wanted to turn off the light and just go to sleep because we had to sleep on the floor 
and we sure as hell weren't doing that in the dark with the scratching still going. I think we thought we'd wait it out until it stopped, clearly hoping it was just an animal and it would move on eventually. But it didn't. It just kept going. Scratch, scratch, scratch. Pause. Scratch, scratch, scratch. Pause. My cousins, two boys who were normally pretty tough kids, were clinging to me and I was clinging right back. The whole ordeal went on for almost two hours before I finally suggested that we try and make a break for the room my mom was sleeping in. I was pretty sure she would not be pleased with us all barging in and begging to sleep with her, but we were more scared of this fucking scratching than her annoyance. It took us a few moments to psych up the courage to jump off the end of the sofa and run for it, but we eventually did and we burst into her room shouting. We tried to explain what was happening, but being that she was half asleep and pissed off that we'd woken her up in such a startling manner, she wouldn't listen. She told us to go back to our sleeping bags, but we refused to leave, so she eventually allowed us to stay, except that we had to sleep on the floor. We begged her to let us sleep on the bed, but she was adamant. So rather than spreading out around the room, we crammed ourselves side by side between her bed and the wall, holding tight to one another and tried to sleep. Everything was fine for a few moments. And then the scratching started again in the same corner as it had been in the other room, top left, which was right beneath our heads. I genuinely can't remember what happened next. I think we all hopped onto the bed and refused to get off, no matter what my mom said. But knowing my mom, it's hard to think that she let us. We did eventually fall asleep somehow. The next day, we told my great-uncle and his son, We were clearly upset enough that even though they were sure it was an animal, they decided to open up the cellar and show us everything was fine. This was the biggest cellar I'd ever seen, running practically the length of the house. We didn't really want to go inside, but we peeked in to check the creepy corner where the sound had originally started. There were no nests or burrows there and no signs of animals as far as we or they could see. There was no damage either, like you would expect from an animal scratching away at the wood. However, when I looked towards the spot where my mom's room was located, there was nothing but open cellar beneath it. The area where the scratching had resumed after we had fled for safety was situated above the main area of the cellar, several feet away from any walls. There was no ledge or boxes that an animal could have been using to sit on while scratching unless they were able to cling freely to the floorboards about seven feet off the ground while doing it. A person standing might be able to reach up and do it though. That night we were sure it wouldn't happen again because we'd been able to rationalise it in the light of day. We did try to go to sleep early though while it was still light out, thinking that if something did happen, hopefully we'd be asleep before it started. Not long after darkness fell, the scratching started again. We were up off that floor in the blink of an eye and back on the couch. We didn't think my mom would let us sleep with her again, so the three of us just stayed there, holding on to each other until we finally passed out sitting up. The next day we insisted that we would not sleep in that house again. We absolutely refused. Since there wasn't anywhere else to put us, the adults found a couple of army cots and set them up outside. We were so relieved 
we felt safer sleeping outside in the middle of nowhere with the possibility of wild turkeys or mountain lions happening by than inside that house and we ended up having a really nice night. This place is so far from anything that there's no light pollution so we were treated to the most beautiful night sky I have ever seen to this day. The trip was over soon after that and my cousins and I never talked about it again. Eventually as the years went by I convinced myself that it had been an animal and we were just easily spooked kids. However, about 10 years later while I was in college, my grandmother's sister-in-law passed away and my gran, my mom and I travelled back to my gran's hometown for the funeral. As before, we were put up in the same house. I had wondered once or twice throughout the day if the scratching would happen again, but ultimately shook off the notion as ridiculous especially since a decade had now passed. Unlike before, I did not have to sleep on the enclosed porch. My mom and I shared the room that she had slept in previously, and thankfully she didn't make me sleep on the floor. Not long after dark, just as I was starting to nod off, the scratching began. It was exactly the same as before. It was in the same spot, the top left corner of the room, and it had the exact same volume and rhythm, Scratch, 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 pause. I laid there for ages, just staring up at the ceiling in absolute terror. I turned to my mom to see if she could hear it, but she was fast asleep and never once stirred. Come to think of it, I'm only just now realising that she didn't hear it the first time either, even though it happened two nights in a row, and not long after we'd settled in to sleep. And now I'm freaked out all over again. There was definitely a story really recently and I think it was a girl in Dublin, well she was definitely in Ireland, where she was hearing the same thing, that scratch, 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 pause and I'm pretty sure she said for seven seconds there was a pause in between or was it six seconds? Maybe it was six seconds. Either way, it was a scratch, 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 pause for six, seven seconds and then scratch, scratch, scratch again. So two different continents and a very similar story I wonder I do agree that if it was animals it probably wouldn't have that sort of consistency so I grew up in the countryside and hearing mice or small animals burrowing around or scratching around or whatever they don't have that consistency of scratch 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 pause for six seconds to be honest I'm not sure if mice and small animals can count to that degree to allow for that consistency you know So I wonder what it was and it happened again when you went back again. It's an interesting one because it's so isolated in that it isn't framed by other paranormal or seemingly paranormal events in the house. It's just the scratching at night time. But it did seem to follow the kids from one room to another. So I don't know. I don't know what to tell you about that one. But what I can tell you is that you're definitely not alone in experiencing it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. To find out if it's right for you. And story number two comes from Nancy. My story takes place when I was 13 or 14. I lived in Somerville, Texas at the time with my granny and her husband. Most weekends I would go and visit my mom in Bryan, Texas. My best friend, Susan, decided to come with me one weekend so we could have a slumber party. Granted, it was just the two of us. We had a blast talking about who we liked or didn't like in our classes, teachers, doing each other's nail polish, etc. We were sitting on the floor in my room, which is right next to my parents' room. It's an odd setup, but to get to their room, you have to go through my room. My mom was gone like usual. She would leave me at home alone, leaving me to fend for myself. It was literally just me and my friend. At one point, Susan whips out a Ouija board and I was super excited. We started playing, asking questions, getting answers, and one time actually had a conversation with a spirit. Everything was going good or fun, whatever you want to call it. Then I asked a question. My friend thought it was odd, but I knew exactly what I was getting at, and I knew exactly where I wanted it to go. I asked, Are you mad that we sold your car? Susan looked perplexed. But I got the answer, no. And then I asked, Are you mad who we sold your car to? The planchette went to yes. And then I asked, Am I cruising for a bruising? It went to no and then spelled out M-O-N-K-E-Y-P-A-U-L-I-N-E. I knew who it was. Only one person called me Monkey Pauline. Just then, Susan looked up at my parents' doorway and just froze, face turning pale, but I could see one single tear running down her cheek from her left eye. I froze too, but not wanting to sound like an idiot, I snapped back to reality and asked, Do you want to stop? Susan looked at me and said, Do you see him? There's a guy sitting on the bed in there. She pointed to my parents' bed. I asked her what she could see and Susan said, A man with black hair styled like Elvis, super bright blue eyes and a white shirt with cowboy boots and a Dallas Cowboys cup, sitting on the edge of the bed and it smells like smoke. I immediately started tearing up. I had seen that man too sitting there. Susan told me she didn't feel scared of him. She felt love. 
safe with him sitting there. She had just described my dad to a T. He was six foot two, black hair styled like Elvis, always wore one of those white undershirts at home and was the biggest Dallas Cowboys fan ever. He even had a Cowboys mug he'd drink his sweet tea in and it was a pretty big one at that. He smoked about a pack of cigarettes a day. Dad had the most brightest blue eyes, like icy blue, and I have him to thank for that because I have the same coloured eyes and dark hair. There were no family pictures hanging anywhere in the house. My mom took them all down after my dad passed away when I was 11. I hadn't even met Susan then. I was still in Bryan before she shipped me off to my granny's house in Somerville. She had no way of knowing what he looked like. My mom was grieving, but her way of coping was to hide everything that reminded us of my dad. He was always protective of me and my sister. She was older, but watched out a bit more for me because I was the daredevil of the family. I had no fear and that scared him. But it was a loving feeling, not overprotective. And as far as the car, he told mom to never sell his car to her dad, yet she did anyway. He had a Dodge Airy station wagon that he liked just because that was my sign. I was born during the airy season. I'm 40 now. It happened when I was 11, three years before I met Susan. And the description she had of the guy in the bed that I saw too was uncanny. He was as solid as a living person, not wispy like how a lot of people describe ghosts. Do the positive Ouija board stories cancel out the negative Ouija board stories? I don't know. Because the last few Ouija board stories that we've had have been positive. Like, this is lovely. What a nice sense of protection and closure to get. To play the Ouija board for a bit of a laugh, have a nice time, and then to have that external validation of your friend seeing your dad and knowing that your dad is there to look after you and protect you. Do we need to do a PSA for this one? I don't think we do. Story number three comes from Nick. I don't often share this story, partly because I feel like when I tell it, I'll always be viewed as that guy, like how you are with aliens, Emma. Full disclosure, I do believe in the supernatural, but I did try and fail to find a good reason for these events. I was attending university in Arizona, and I had moved into an apartment a month prior. I was in bed with a girl at the time and we saw an odd bright white flash on the wall in the hallway. The very short hallway led to a large room that was the front room in the kitchen. The first time it happened that night, we looked at each other and brushed it off. A few minutes later, it happened again. After the third time, I got up. Curiosity more than anything. In the main room, there was a small window that looked out onto a hillside topped with a couple of houses. This flash was quite bright, so I figured, hey, maybe someone's on the hill looking for a lost cat or something, maybe using an LED flashlight. Heading into the main room, I looked through the window. It was about five feet off the ground, probably two foot tall and four foot wide, with those hanging wide slatted blinds. A futon resided on the floor below it for guests. I'd been keeping them open at this point. Looking out, I saw the dark hillside. Where I was didn't have a lot of light pollution, and no one was there. Looking around the main room, I tried to figure out what it was, but I just couldn't think of a good explanation. 
Looking out the window once more, I saw the lights mostly off on the houses at the top, probably a good 200 yards away, and no one was moving around. I wrote it off, closed the blinds and went back to the bedroom. The moment I laid back into bed, the flash happened again. Sighing, I got up and went into the main room to look around. And that's when I saw... Nothing. Looking out the window again, there was no one on the hillside. Nothing on in the room. All was as I left it. I was at a loss. Turning around back into the room, I laid back down and flash, it happened again. At this point, I was getting a bit annoyed. But I got up again, walked out and started to look. It was about then that I had an idea and called to the bedroom. Hey, can you tell me if this is the flash? A moment later, I got the answer. Yeah, that's it. What was it? This is where it gets odd. I had an older TV in the main room, a CRT, and the flash that we'd been seeing was the flash that happened when you turned the TV rapidly on and off. The remote was right there on the arm of the couch, nothing on or near it. I had nothing to explain it, and thankfully it never happened again. Maybe whatever it was didn't like that I figured out its trick. I kid, but seriously, I have no clue why this was the only time. Nothing really happened over the next month or so, but then I started hearing things. Laying in bed, getting close to sleep, I would hear the door's deadbolt click over loudly. Getting up, it was still always locked. And if that was the only noise that would frequently happen, I could write that off too, but it wasn't. The ones that really got me were the blinds. Remember how I mentioned the ones in the front room? Well, again, some nights I would be lying in bed, at times about to drift off to sleep, sometimes while reading, and I would hear them, as if someone had put their hand behind them at one side and ran it all the way across to the other. That sort of clicking noise as all of them were pushed to the far side and then let go, moving pendulum-like back to their starting position. Every time I would hear it, and I wasn't about to fall asleep, I would bolt up, go down the short hallway, check around the corner and look. Even though the noise had still been going the moment before I poked my head around the corner, when I would look, the noise would stop and they would be perfectly still. I tried to write it off. That would be nice, right? But I can't, and here's why. A bit later, I had a temporary roommate. He would crash at my place every couple of weeks for a few nights. During one of these times, not the first night but probably around the fourth night or so, I was laying in bed reading a book. My friend was crashed on the futon out in the main room under those blinds. It was there as I was reading that I heard that noise again, the blinds being disturbed as if someone ran their hand through them. This time, like all the others, when I wasn't about to see the Sandman, I went out and looked. The noise stopped as always and they just weren't moving. I looked at my friend, who was just below them, and asked him, Did you hear anything? He opened his eyes, looking quite awake, and nodded. You mean the blinds? I hadn't told him about this, as I figured it was just in my head. But since that was what I meant, I answered yes, pausing for a moment, and I finally asked him what always bothered me. Do you ever see them moving? He said he didn't know and I was confused by his answer. With a shrug he elaborated. 
After the first time I heard it and didn't see them moving, I vowed I wouldn't look again because it's just too fucking freaky. Because that's the sort of answer you want to hear, right? Another time, I think it was a month or so after that conversation, I was in the bathroom. My friend was over again and I heard this floorboard pop in the hallway. There was always this one area that frankly the only time I ever heard the floor made that popping noise was when somebody stepped into the hallway. Thinking that he needed to use the restroom, I called out, One second! Finishing up washing my hands, I went out, leaned my head around the corner of the hallway into the main room and told him, It's all yours! He looked a bit confused, and it was his turn to ask the obvious. He asked what I was talking about. This definitely confused me, so I said a bit more slowly, because, you know, clearly the answer is to talk to someone as if they're obviously having a hard time understanding you. The bathroom, it's it's all yours. He stared at me again and shook his head. I asked him if he had heard anything a minute ago, and he said, You mean when you were walking around in the hallway? A few other things happened to me there, but I could write off the rest. Things being misplaced, a DVD case that kind of rotated and fell onto the floor. But all of those I had some sort of answer for. The ones here I have nothing. Especially the blinds. I heard that noise more often than I'd like to admit. I appreciate the chance to share this. I'm hoping that it'll help to be a bit cathartic in a way. I hope it was cathartic for you too. Because sometimes that's all people need, isn't it? Sometimes people just need to get a story off their chest or share it with people who aren't going to be judgmental. And that's what we do around here, is we share stories and we're not judgmental about them. I, it kind of sounds like this is one of those classic cases where it started off small and then amped up a bit. You know, like the TV flashing was kind of that little introduction, like in Poltergeist, that kind of we're here moment. And then little things happened going forward I don't really have an explanation for the blinds either and it's funny when when in the description I could hear the blinds in my head that exact noise that those kind of blinds make when they're moved and it is a really specific noise you know like there's some noises in your house that you always you know exactly what it is you know exactly what step step of the stair it is you know exactly who is making that noise or who's coming up the stairs or you know what is making a noise in your house even if you don't see it and those blinds is one of those things and of course the creaky floorboard is also one of those things I don't know maybe it was just something that was looking for attention something that just wanted a little bit of recognition that when it was there but I do think your friend had the right idea to just be like I'm just not going to look at it I'm accepting that it's there but I'm not going to look at it And story number four comes from Amy. We moved from Australia when I was five years old. We moved into an old converted barn house. And when we moved in, my sister and I used to play with an imaginary dog. My mum used to ask us where the dog was. And every time we used to say it was in the living room, pointing to the same spot. We used to ask to get toys for the dog and even leave water out for the dog. My mum got a little freaked out as she used to find us playing in the living room with the imaginary dog. She decided to get the house blessed as she had a bad feeling about the house and with it being old it would be a fresh start. The dog seemed to disappear and things went back to normal. Fast forward three years and I was eight years old. 
I started getting sleep paralysis, scaring me shitless, and I used to be scared to go to sleep. I used to have the same nightmare over and over, waking up and sneaking into my parents' bedroom. They decided to redecorate my room with stars and moons. They put up hanging decorations of moons and stars above my bed, and honestly, it looked great. I was so excited for bedtime, but again, I woke up with sleep paralysis. The moon and stars were swinging in all different directions. Obviously, I couldn't shout as much as I tried. When I eventually was able to move again, I went into my parents' room, and they must have been so frustrated. After a few weeks of this, they moved my bed so I could see their bedroom door over the landing, and for a few months, everything was fine. But then it came back, and I was woken up with my quilt on the other side of the room, freezing cold, not being able to move. I tried to just go back to sleep so I didn't get shouted at. I woke up again but was able to move. I got up and got my quilt all snug and rolled over to look at my parents' door. And there he was. A grey man in a bowler hat, standing on the landing staring at me. I was awake. He just stood looking at me. The door then flew shut. I screamed so my parents came running in and the grey man had gone. After this event, everything seemed to calm down. I could hear someone walking up and down the stairs every time I woke with sleep paralysis and I knew someone was watching. Sleep paralysis became quite a normal thing growing up. I moved out quite young at 18. I slept so well, never getting sleep paralysis again. After a bad breakup at 27, I moved back into the house and that night my sleep paralysis came back. My dog, an actual dog, not an imaginary one, was stood staring at the door. All I thought was, here we go again. Sadly, my nan passed away suddenly when I was still in that house. About a month after her death, I was suffering badly with depression. I woke up and not being able to move, I was looking at the door and I could see her face clear as day and my dog and my cat at the door staring. For the first time I felt safe, as if it was okay. I'm 30 now in my own house. I haven't had any sleep paralysis and I'm happy here. My brother still lives in the house. He hears the cooker door opening and slamming shut. I thought he was just pulling my leg, but I went over to clean the house and the door was opening and slamming shut. I ran into the kitchen and the door was wide open. I said to the room, Hello Nan, I know you're here, thank you for letting me know. I shut it and when I went up the stairs it happened again. I don't think it was my Nan. We were quite recently doing the back garden in the house and I went around to help. The garden was quite large so a few of us were helping. As I was clearing some brambles I found some old dog toys. I just thought my dog must have hidden his toys. As I carried on clearing I found a stone with the name Rocky with dates on it. I shouted over to my dad and he explained that the lady in the house before us had a dog called Rocky but she passed away just before she moved out. The hairs stood up on my arms. Was Rocky the dog me and my sister were playing with when we first moved in? I always feel someone is there and I always go around with my dog if I know I will be on my own when visiting. I love an imaginary dog story. If I was going to be haunted by anything, I would want it to be either a dog or a cat. I'd be happy with that. I don't need any people haunting, man in the hat haunting, demon haunting, none of that. Just give me a little animal. 
and I would be happy. Because, you know, having a dog in particular is hard work. If you had a ghost dog, you've got all of the positives, none of the negatives, none of the hard work. I think I've just found a pet loophole and I'm pretty happy about it. As for the other stuff, I find it really interesting that sleep paralysis for some people is just connected to a particular place. Like leaving the house, everything was fine, no sleep paralysis, but coming back to the house, sleep paralysis starts again. I find that really strange. And of course, the eternal addition of the man in the hat being there during these sleep paralysis episodes. Honestly, he needs to just find another hobby. He definitely needs to find something else to fill his time. Maybe he needs a ghost dog. Maybe that'll make him happier, you know? Maybe that will give him the satisfaction in life that he needs or even the satisfaction in death that he needs so that he doesn't have to be going around watching people while they sleep. It's not on. Thank you so much to Elizabeth, Nancy, Nick and Amy for sending in your stories and thank you for listening to today's episode. Remember, the last story came from June the 15th, 2021. If you would like to know anything about Real Life Ghost Stories, you can do so by checking out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com and on that note, I shall see you next time. Rory and Kid here from the award-winning podcast This Paranormal Life. Every week we investigate a paranormal story and decide if it's real or a hoax. Like the time a guy claimed he punched Bigfoot. Or when a UFO showed up at a football game in front of thousands of people. Each episode has sound effects, music, and storytelling that feels so real, you'll never sleep again. You will. Stop it. You're going to scare away new listeners. Check out This Paranormal Life every Tuesday, wherever you listen to your podcasts.